Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We have two live gargle shows at the Edinburgh Fringe. Please come along to the Edinburgh Fringe the 15th and the 22nd of August. I will be there and an array of delightful guests. So book your tickets now. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash live to buy tickets. This is a podcast from The Bugle. I am come amongst you, as you see, at this time, not for my recreation and disport, but being resolved in the midst and heat of the battle to live and die amongst you all, to lay down for my God and my kingdom and my people, my honour and my blood, even in the dust. I know I have the body but of a weak and feeble woman, but I have the heart and stomach of the gargle. This is the gargle, the sonic, (laughs) glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world. I'm your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this week's edition of the magazine uh, Josh Gondelman, welcome. Thank you. I also am feeble in body, so this is a good issue for me to guest edit. <laughs> and Gabe Molika, welcome. Oh, I'm excited to be here. I am feeble in body, but rich in mind at 8 a.m. in New York City, <laughs> ready to go. I would, I, I would have sympathy, but I've uh, been working <laughs> across time zones, so I have no sympathy. Mm-hmm. Time means nothing. Time means time is just a number <laughs> that says how tired you are. I like the, this the that kind of as the conceit for the gargle now, just like the gargle. Time means nothing. <laughs> just <laughs> fully detached, Billy Pilgrim, unstuck. <laughs> Your time means nothing to us, and we are promptly mm-hmm. about to waste it. But before we pour the late night port wine of this uh, top story, we are going to have a look at the front cover of this magazine, which is Al Pacino, an 83-year-old posing provocatively with a Zimmer frame made of guns and cameras that draw focus lines towards his crotch, having fathered a daughter young enough to be his great-granddaughter with a woman young enough to be his granddaughter. Uh, Josh, how do you feel about this? About Al Pacino's baby? Yeah. Oh, I think it's I, I think it's a lesson to men in their 20s that if you keep making your girlfriend sit down and watch The Godfather with you there is a risk that they'll leave you for a <laughs> cast member so I think he's shots fired he's letting you letting you know and this is a real I, I've been thinking this all week it's a real theory that I have 
like when you're 83 and you are the father of a baby, shouldn't that baby come out like 55 years old? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. small, but 55 years old. Yeah, that's 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 babushka doll logic, right? You yes. don't go you don't go big doll, tiny doll. You go big doll, smaller doll, smaller doll. It mm-hmm. has to be proportionate. <laughs> To age. Yeah, you can't go all the way from 83 to baby. That's too steep a gradient. Well, I know plenty of uh, people who've, who are the children of older parents and they tend to be like slightly too mature for their age. Like mm-hmm. they're sort of wearing, you know, tweed tweed coats with, yeah. leather, with leather patches at the age of nine or ten. And so you sort right. of think, where are they going to go when they're actually old? Mm-hmm. You know, they're how much... the oldest people alive. They'll be made of stone. <laughs> How much older can you be? Uh, Gabe, are you an Al Pacino fan? Are you glad there's more Pacino blood in the world? I, you know, I really am. And I keep imagining him and De Niro's kid hanging out. But I guess, as Josh would say, they're 55. (laughs) Instead of preschool, it's like a retirement home. That's where they just get right into it. They're rich. They don't need to work. Those kids never need to work. I love it. Yeah, all babies are born grumpy, but these are born like extra grumpy and kind of (laughs) cynical about the world. I can't wait till one of them is old enough to like start a heist, like to do a heist, and the other one is old enough to track him down, like baby heat. <laughs> the satirical cartoon this week is a couple, uh, both wearing Apple's soon to be launched three and a half thousand dollar mixed reality goggles, and they're sitting on a bench together. One says, This is so reasonably priced, this restaurant. The other one says, I'm so glad they managed to make the metaverse work. The next panel zooms out to show the bench is on a dumpster, which is on a pile of landfill waste with spot fires running off into the distance. Other hills of garbage in the distance show silhouetted. Similar figures in similar goggles. That's our satirical cartoon for the day. <laughs> Just mixed reality is always an upsetting phrase to hear, particularly when it's marketing bump. Yeah. I kind of want it all reality or all unreality. Don't pick and choose. This isn't martial arts. Don't mix them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like, Valley. It's too close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it canny. We all have that experience when you're like dating or meeting a new friend where you're like, how much of this is real? Like, I know some right. of it's probably real, but you can't tell. Uh, yeah, I think it's a terrifying thing. That said, I have a friend who's an architect and his whole architecture thing was building um, augmented reality world so that you could say like, this is a boring town that I live in. I wanted to see it like medieval town. So he built these like facades for every building uh, in the town that he lived in different eras. So that that is cool. That's like kind of it's like very brilliant, right? The technical work and it's like a very fun thing, and and, and like oh cool. And then to me, it's like that is such a thrilling thing for forty five fifty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> We already had Pokemon Go, I feel yes. like, which like did this better than any $3,500 device. You know, <laughs> the whole world was into it. And mm-hmm. I, it's also like, we're Josh, you know, we're it's a writer's strike right now. And the companies keep being like, well, our stock prices are great. And then Apple's like, how about a $3,500 piece of trash? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. helping themselves <laughs> at all. Right. Well, all I mean, that is like for sure what's happening is like all the companies are like, Oh yeah, um, we don't need writers. We're just we just put out uh, a movie with a budget of sixteen zillion dollars. You're like, so you have so you have the money. You're saying you have the money. It's just sitting there. You're paying it to make a like a CGI dragon fight a CGI hurricane. Okay. Yeah, two more Vin Diesel Fast and mm-hmm. the Furious movies. They're like, oh, there's one more. They're like, no, no. If it sells well in China, there's two more. It's like, how much? 
money mm-hmm. is there for this? Oh, they have so much money. It's billions yeah. and billions of dollars. It's just when they say they don't have money, I mean, it's like, weird. it's like, I mean, this sounds very cruel, but it's like when someone you see someone say that to like an unhoused person, like, oh, I don't have anything. It's like, it means I have money, just not for you. Yeah. yeah. 1000%. Our top story this week is uh, chat GPT news. Further virtual reality developments. A lawyer is now in trouble after he admitted that he used chat GPT to help write court filings uh, that cited six non-existent cases invented by the AI. Uh, Gabe, you look like you've seen a courtroom before. Can you unpack <laughs> this story for us? I have. Lawyer Stephen Schwartz tried to pass off fake cases to support his argument in court. Uh, Coincidentally, Stephen Schwartz is also the name of the composer who wrote the musical Wicked. Uh, So one Stephen Schwartz defied gravity and the other (laughs) defied several federal laws. Um, I also want to point out the Southern District of New York is like a real courtroom. It's like one of the most important courtrooms in the world. My dad became a lawyer in the 50s. And anytime he has to go near the Southern District, he gets like really nervous. It's like a big deal for him. And it's funny to think that the person he's up against might just be like cheating on a final and popping a <laughs> roll. <laughs> These guys are just idiots. Um, Schwartz apparently didn't know that ChatGPT could give false information, which is very funny to me. I feel like this is just like what happened, and I kind of missed it in the early 2000s with Google where people would be like, what do you mean there aren't hot singles in my area? It says so right on my screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in written words. And if I know anything about written words, only correct people can ever put them down to paper. Yeah, I don't understand the law. I mean, so much of lawyering, so much of lawyering is research, right? So much Mm -hmm. and and, and being able to trust your research tools and like going to the right places and going to, you know, LexisNexis and all of your, whatever your local uh, source of information is. And... The other half of lawyering is pretending you know what you talk about. Um, <laughs> and it, it feels like that if you are relying on ChatGPT, that is a tool for pretending it knows what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. Everything that it presents looks like facts, but most of it isn't. Yeah, uh, citing fake cases is wild. I can't believe that he was like, I didn't know this could be fake. I went to artificial intelligence for real information. It's like, no, that's, this is like truly, this is the test case for artificial intelligence. It was a guy being fake smart. And that's yeah. exactly what artificial intelligence means. Someone's like, have you ever heard of cross-referencing? He's like, I'm never cross when I reference. <laughs> I love to reference. I'm in a cheery mood. <laughs> he's also been doing this for 30 years. He, You're right. He's artificially intelligent. Yeah. He's just pretending. <laughs> It's also like, this is one of the most gullible guys I've ever heard of, right? Like, I, I truly makes me feel like I'm his mom and he's like a 14-year-old. Like, if ChatGPT told you it was safe to jump over a cliff, according to a mostly fabricated peer-reviewed study of gravity, would you do that too? Like, that's really where I am with this guy. And he's gonna, he's facing possible sanctions. And he's lucky that he might get off with just a sanction. Because one time, a lawyer got the death penalty for doing this in the case of... Wyoming versus McClanahan, a 1937 ruling that I just made up, but he would think is real. Because I said this versus other this. I also love that the guy who made the oral argument didn't write the papers. So he's just being hung out to dry for citing stuff that just doesn't exist. He's, it's like a, the worst group project ever. This is happening in high schools across the country and also the Southern District of New York. Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy, but what you can buy is this being your ad section. 
Contact us at hellobuglers at thebuglepodcast.com to have your ad in this section. And this ad section is brought to you by Underappreciated Things. Have you ever wanted to get out of bed? Do you enjoy taking a few steps? Invisible and underappreciated, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the human back. Have you ever really <laughs> reveled in your back being fine? What a f***ing delightful invention. <laughs> like a sound guy, you only ever really notice when it f***s up. So can we all get a round of applause for Ped? <laughs> Ped, can you insert a round of applause here? Um, but don't cut the bit where I'm telling you to insert a round of applause because you have to do the work. Uh, in this episode... Please uh, clap. <laughs> Please clap, yes. Please clap at home. We'll know. If you've been investing in stock and don't know how to get the best out of it, you've come to the right place. Alice Fraser's Stock Options. Tip 1. If your stock is liquid, try adding rice or couscous. If it's too salty, dilute with half a glass of water at a time to taste. Half a glass of water, your stock solution. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is AI news. This Mm -hmm. is the news uh, that AI will save ketchup. Uh, which is being threatened. Uh, The sources of ketchup are being threatened by climate change and artificial intelligence proposes a solution. Uh, Josh Gondelman, what is this solution? So this is huge. AI might do something actually intelligent because, like you said, climate change is imperiling the world's ketchup supply, which on on the the bright side could be the first thing that gets Americans to care about climate change. So this is going to be huge. Basically, tomatoes thrive during warm days, but require cool nights to grow. And a hot night is extra destructive because tomatoes haven't evolved to do that thing where you hook one leg up over the covers to regulate your own temperature. So (laughs) in response to changing conditions around the globe, uh, gene editing has been used on crops to create things like less bitter mustard greens. So congratulations to today's top geneticists on inventing romaine lettuce. That's huge. Uh, <laughs> but they're also working on things like pitless cherries, heat-resistant chickpeas, and avocados that are ripe for even less time. So you feel like you've really earned it when you get a good one. Um So they're trying to do this with tomatoes, to make tomatoes resistant to heat, right, and and to hold up in this new world. And what's going on is that they're they're using AI to try to figure out what strains of tomato to blend. Because it's not easy to figure out which different species will blend well together on your own, right, as anyone who's ever set friends up on a blind date will tell you. So artificial (laughs) intelligence is being employed. I thought you were going to say anyone who's tried to make a pig f*** a jellyfish. (laughs) That you can do if you're tenacious, you get a little red wine involved. (laughs) 
the idea here is to accelerate the evolution of these plants by using AI to choose or suggest combinations to com to combine. Um, and this does sound like the most boring way to play God, right? I'm a little worried, right? At least let us go by the hands and teeth of dinosaurs, science. I'm so mad that our species is going to be undone by the hubris of creating a tomato so resilient it defies natural law. <laughs> Well, I also think that some of these uh, prospects of, of making food, you know, the pipless cherry and the seedless blackberry, all of these are trying to make food easier to eat, you know, a pistachio mm -hmm. that strips luxuriously before mm -hmm. you instead of forcing you to open it. But I'm not sure that that's the point. Some, sometimes the pleasure is in the difficulty. We don't, we don't value things if we don't have to uh, chase them, I feel. I feel, would you really enjoy a pistachio uh, so much if it just flung itself into your mouth screaming, take me now? No. No, I think you need to work for it with a pistachio. That's that's most of it, right? If you well, you ever had a naked pistachio and you just put it right in your mouth, you're like, oh, uh, 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 this is this is like dry corn on a cob. <laughs> well, you also have to desensitize yourself to the weird little skin that's around it because it's mm -hmm. got the bigger shell. So you're like, this is nothing compared to the shell. Yeah. Yep. It's so little and pitiful to see. It's like a banana that you don't have to peel. It, where's the sensuality? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Gabe? Yeah, I mean, they're trying to make, I love the detail, they're trying to make, like, healthy food taste better. And it's like, in America, we're just going to put ranch on it anyway. So <laughs> just, like, like either we're going to learn to eat, like, the right proportions or we're not. Uh, the other detail I love in, in Edinburgh, uh, they're working on a super cow, which mm -hmm. is uh, resistant to heat, stress, and disease. Uh, Super Cow seems like a knockoff superhero. Uh, it wouldn't be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It would be in the, I'm sorry, Moo-vil Cinematic Universe. Uh, I'm told I should apologize for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who told you you should apologize for that? Chat GPT? Yeah. <laughs> hey, even a stop clock, right? <laughs> and now it's time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. Uh, Josh, what have you brought in for us this week? I've brought in St. Louis-style pizza. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know about this. I was in the Midwest this week, which is a humble part of the United States. It's like we're kind of the West, but mostly we identify as mid, which I think shows a lot of humility. They have their own pizza there, which nobody asked for. Regular <laughs> pizza works fine all over the United States. Uh, they use a cheese called Provel, which they invented, uh, which I resist. We've figured out. The cheese on pizzas, it's one of the perfect things science has created. No need for further innovation. Pizza cheese has achieved its apex form, like a cheetah's legs, or Jeremy Strong's fully chaotic concept of artistic integrity. It cannot be improved upon. St. Louis pizza is its uh, the thickness of a photograph of pizza. It's incredibly flat. And the crust is really crunchy. Plus, the pieces aren't triangles. They cut them in, like, different shapes. So some are squares, but around the edge, they're just little crescents or, or wedges. Um, it is like eating a delicious jigsaw puzzle. Uh, <laughs> they call St. Louis the Lou, and that's not quite where this pizza belongs, <laughs> the Lou, uh, to, for our British audiences. Uh, but I will give it two out of five stars. Excellent. Uh, the most any any jigsaw puzzle can be delicious if you put enough ranch on it. Am I right? Yeah, Gabe? that's exactly right. Barbecue sauce, the little chicken. I was like, yeah, this is the best jigsaw puzzle I've ever eaten. Uh, Gabe, what have you brought in uh, to review for us this week? 
Uh, so I'm going to review finding a deodorant that works. Mm. Uh, summer is upon us and stink is in the air. <laughs> uh, and sometimes I do comedy in Brooklyn and they are cooking up scents no mother could love. Uh, <laughs> it's up to you to protect yourself from being the smelly adult. Uh, it's one thing when you're a child, you know, you bathe, you wear deodorant when you're told. But it's 2023. I'm in my 30s. Wear the good stuff. For me, that's a speed stick regular. And is speed stick regular filled with a lot, enough aluminum to wrap up an old chicken farm hero? <laughs> Absolutely. Do I smell? Never. I'm 31, and the most consistent compliment I get for women is you smell good. And the truth is that's not even true. I just don't smell. I don't smell bad. But they live in Bushwick, Brooklyn, next to some unwashed liberal arts college graduate. So by comparison, I smell like a baby who moisturizes. Uh, my official review is wearing deodorant that works is five stars. And my advice to the listeners is to buy some of the over the top, over the counter goo, rub it all over. You won't regret it. Mm -hmm. Unusually, I have brought in something to review this week out of five stars, and that is uh, being locked out of your Airbnb by a security door that you were not told was going to be there and were not equipped with either a key or a code to enter. Uh, it turns out that at midnight, the thing that makes me go completely off the, off the rails is uh, bars between me and my baby. Uh, so if you've ever wanted to see Alice Fraser trying to rip a security door out of a concrete housing uh, like a deranged chimp, um, you should go back in time to Saturday night, at, at which point a very nice lady from a few doors down uh, said, are you all right? And I burst into tears and I said, I'm not all right. And she said, would you like to use a ladder to climb out of my uh, my basement flats courtyard? And then you take the ladder up and go through the construction site that is the upstairs backyard and then lower a ladder into your own, con your own construction site slash uh, basement courtyard. And I said, yes, please, because that seemed like the sanest response and then I did that, and now my back is f***ed. So uh, one and a half stars for trying to rip out a security door. And the, uh, you know, the vaunted strength of the mother, not enough to rip out a security door. <laughs> now it's time for the future of money. Uh, they, the, the bigger they are, the bigger they fall, it seems to be, in the cryptocurrency space. The US has now finally sued the last big giant in the crypto space. Binance is uh, under the hammer. Uh, you have a lot of fake money, Gabe. Can you unpack this story <laughs> for us? I'd love to. U.S. regulators are suing the CEO of Binance, Chang Pen Zhao, for operating a web of deception with regards to their trade, uh, crypto trading platform. The SEC alleges that Binance artificially inflated its trading volume, um, divested customer funds and misled investors and its market surveillance controls. Uh, every time I hear the phrase uh, artificially inflated, it reminds me of this time when I was a kid. We had this uncle by marriage and we were in filling we were filling up a pool floaty. And he was like, guys, I bet I could do this. I'm so gassy. I bet I could do this with my ass. And all of us were like, that's so funny. And he was like, no, 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 I'm serious. And all of us were like, that's disgusting. <laughs> I think that's what Binance did to our economy. <laughs> we were just like, wouldn't it be funny if I farted and money came out? Um, the SEC alleges that Binance uh, artificially uh, inflated trading volume. So it made it seem like the price was uh, fluctuating when it really wasn't uh, Binance responded in a blog post this is my favorite. We intend to defend our platform vigorously. And the second quote, very revealing, because Binance is not a U.S. exchange. The SEC's actions are limited in reach, which is always good. We're like, we didn't steal money from Americans. <laughs> but even if we did, you can't punish me. You're not my real dad. <laughs> Josh. 
Yeah, it's amazing. It's I love that the the quote was a web of deception. They're like Binance, you've created a web of deception. It's like that's what cryptocurrency is. That's like <laughs> suing IKEA for being a weird labyrinth full of unreliable furniture. It's like not even an insult. It's just their business model. In the wake of the news, um, the, this this lawsuit, Bitcoin has been trading at its lowest value in months. Although. There's good news there, too. If you plan on spending your Bitcoin on goods and services, it's worth exactly as much as it was a week ago, which is nothing. It's still worth nothing. You still can't do anything with it. Um, and th- specifically, one, I want to touch on one more allegation from this. Uh, this suit. The SEC alleges that Binance, they moved around customer funds basically to use for their own purposes and one thing they did was was they took funds from these accounts and they purchased a yacht which is such a conspicuous purchase like if you can't afford a yacht don't buy a yacht people will ask questions like hey man how the could you afford this floating city full of servants Yeah, when I read that he was the the CEO was Chinese and Canadian, I was like, this seems like a crime an American would commit. Uh, this doesn't sound believable to me. Some people naturalize quite well. Mm-hmm. You can blame American cultural imperialism on for this. Uh, I don't know. It's just like I get confused that that these allegations are coming now, right? Because the the SEC accusations are say that Binance artificially inflated their trading volumes, Gabe was saying they diverted customer funds for their own purposes. And it's like, well, if they knew that they weren't supposed to be doing that, they wouldn't have gotten into cryptocurrency in the first place. Like, we should just put up a sign that's like, <laughs> oh, that's not allowed to do. Like, when you're a bank, you got to do bank stuff. You can't just uh, loan people money like a mob boss or an unreliable friend. You've got to, like, do bank shit. All cryptocurrency is sort of like uh, Schrodinger's cat if the cat were Tinkerbell. You know, mm-hmm. you have to believe in her really hard and then you're tentatively opening the lid going, I hope it's worth something. Uh, but I mean, I, I know all money is Tinkerbell, but some money is more Tinkerbell than others. Well, it's, th- this, I think about this all the time, right? Because I, I feel like that's, you go, well, all money relies on consumer confidence, right? That's what makes it real and it isn't just paper or metal with no – that's only valued as a source material. But the crucial difference is we all believe in that – the old one, right? That the work has been done. You know what I mean? It's like – like Gabe was talking about this earlier. It's like stepdad money, right? Where you're like, you have to earn me calling you dad. <laughs> right now I'm not even going to call you Bitcoin. I'm just going to call you like Mike. <laughs> you're, you're Mike the currency. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of like start, trying to start a new religion, and in some mm-hmm. ways, when you, when you focus too hard on the new, on how to start a new religion, you realize how ridiculous the old religion was. Yeah. Uh, except that you know billions of people believe it, and so it's not it's not a weird thing to eat your god like a cracker. Um, <laughs> like a St. Louis pizza. Yeah, yeah. But if you were suggesting that we eat a St. Louis uh, pizza representing our particular god, uh, then, then it would seem a little bit deranged. And I feel like that's one of the problems with uh, all these cryptocurrencies collapsing, which is it makes people go, wait a minute, is any, it's it's the augmented reality of currency. You go, how much of this is actually real? Makes, mm-hmm. makes you feel like the whole of reality is a simulation. Oh, I, maybe it is. Maybe we're already wearing $3,500 goggles and have been our whole lives. 
fucking think about that, sheeple listening, huh? Open your open your eyes. <laughs> That's my new vibe now. <laughs> Guy who thinks the Matrix is real. <laughs> Josh has a lot more time on his hands since the strike. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been default. coming up with some theories. I've been <laughs> I've been doing some live streams. Just as long as you don't write them down. Uh, my one and a half year old has what I think is imaginary friend. Um, which uh, or or a real ghost, one of the two. I, I've either got a toddler who's haunted, or I've got uh, an imaginary friend on my hands, and I'm not quite sure how to process it um, because she's too young to understand imaginary friends. Um, mm, you've got to be careful then, because she's at the perfect age to invest all her money into crypto. <laughs> all crypto she doesn't is an know imaginary, imaginary versus not imaginary. Yeah, maybe all imaginary friends are real ghosts. Mm. <laughs> or the seeds of new gods. One of the two. That's no, that's a beautiful. That's going to be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Instead of uh, using uh, Chat GPT to generate my ideas, as so many people seem to be doing nowadays, I'm just going to go to my toddler uh, and, and riff off her jokes uh, for my She's jokes. Like, what do you think is real? <laughs> What's reality to you? <laughs> Now it's time for your plant news. Plants apparently can detect when you are feeling them up. So uh, take your hands off that tree, Josh. (laughs) Sorry. I was dizzy. (laughs) But that's what they all say. Um, Yeah, this is... Scientists have figured out that plants know when you're touching them. Um, (laughs) Which is either great news or terrible news for people who are sexually aroused by rubbing up against tree trunks. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what they're into. Is it that the trees don't know or is it that the trees might know? Um, it sounds like torture for the plants. This really, it, it makes vegans seem like much crueler people, right? Um, <laughs> because it is torture to be able to perceive touch but not be able to go, hey man, what the f- are you doing over here? Uh, when a plant is being touched slow waves of calcium ions move through their cells. And when that touch is removed, a set of faster waves is quickly released. So that's how scientists could tell the, the, the difference. Uh, but of course, you already knew that because it's right there in the lyrics of the Beatles' 1964 hit, I Want to Hold Your Plant. Um, <laughs> no, yep, I'm sorry. Gabe isn't the only one that gets to do silly puns. We both get to do them. Um, the study confirmed these results using t- tobacco plants. And if tobacco plants can feel physical sensation, that means every cigarette is basically Joan of Arc. We need to rethink a lot of things. Gabe, do you have anything on plants feeling anything? I, I got plenty of thoughts. This, this made me think. This made me think when I found out plants could feel. This made me feel like in eight years we're going to get a Pixar movie about about this, mm-hmm. and it's going to come out during Pride, and it's going to be two gay plants named Fauna and Flora who just want to be touched. <laughs> and I think it'll do gangbusters. I don't know what platform it'll come out on, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like at this point we're gonna uh, we, that we do know the formula for those movies, right? It's like, oh, um, toys, yeah, they can feel feelings, and then it's like, oh, superheroes, they actually they feel feelings, and then now there's already been where it's like feelings, yeah, they've got feelings. <laughs> And they're casting Joe Para, which is honestly, Josh, really good for both of our careers, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> someday he's not, he's going to be too busy. And that's in the, <laughs> they'll call us. 
Is Joe Barry in a Pixar movie? Yeah, he's going to play a tree who who works so much he grows into his own office. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if that's a real thing or not. Oh, it really is. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. That tree deserves a hug. That brings us to the end of the show. We're flipping through the ad section at the back. Gabe, have you got anything to plug? I do. My solo show, uh, it's called Solo, a show about friendship. It's about how I turned 30 and realized I don't have friends. He's going on tour. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Boston, Massachusetts, Philadelphia, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Washington, D.C., all this summer, and possibly London. So garglers, please come out. That would be so fun. Yes, absolutely. And think of all the new friends you'll make. Uh, Josh, (laughs) have you got anything to plug? I do. I have a newsletter that I write every week called That's Marvelous. Uh, it's joshgondelman.substack.com is where you find it. It's pep talks every week. Um, and I'm I'm also on the road doing a, a bunch of tour dates. I'm going to uh, Oklahoma City and Dallas and then a bunch of dates in California, Arizona, some stuff in New York. Um, so come check out check out the my website, joshgondelman.com, or all my tour dates. I think the most reliable place to find out about new ones is to go to uh, the, is to subscribe to That's Marvelous. It's just once a week, and and uh, it's full of pep talks and enthusiasm, and then sometimes information. It's it's a delightful it's a delightful newspaper, and if I'm ever in the you know because you're always so positive on it, if I'm ever in the need for sort of a stringent comedy, it's so well written that I can just read it in a sarcastic voice in my head. Oh, and it's thank still you. Yeah. Just as funny, oh, good so. job, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me online at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. It's a one-stop shop for all of my stand-up specials, podcasts, blogs, my weekly Tea with Alice salons. I do weekly writers' meetings and workshops, and I now do a weekly book club, which is a no-homework book club, which means you don't have to read the book in advance. You just show up, and then we read, like, a poem together or a chapter of something, and then we talk about it afterwards because so much of book clubs is just feeling guilty because you haven't done <laughs> the reading. Uh, this is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter, your executive producer is chris skinner i'll talk to you again next week you can listen to other programs from the bugle including the bugle catharsis tiny revolutions top stories and the gargle wherever you find your podcasts mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com